We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. We are live taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377 on a very, very busy Tuesday here on Rivalry Week. I see Travis Allen, Travi, Gene Lott, Connor Lee, Cody Gaskins, Gad, Todd Smith, Rebecca getting the first comment in as well. Uh, also, those tuning in the TDC questions channel, the Big Cock Club Discord. Appreciate you guys tuning in. You can leave your questions in there. Again, we are rocking. We are rolling. Jeff Gulledge, what's going on? Great day to have a day, my friend. Appreciate you all tuning in. And again, we are taking your questions, your comments, your calls here on this Tuesday. Of course, as always, guys, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go down the Price Picks app. Go to PricePicks.com. When you do, use the promo code. T-S-U-S. It's sign up to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Guys, you can play anything and everything, college sports, pro sports, and everything in between. They have got it there for you. Again, that's at pricepicks.com and or go download their app and use that promo code T-S-U-S. It's sign up to get that 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris and the Spurs Up Show sent you. I also want to shout out our friends, over at Carolina Cigars, by the way, I appreciate the love and support, man. Y'all are y'all are hitting them up, whether it be on Instagram, giving them a call. We're sending out so many Clem Sucks packs this week. Mine is actually in the mail. I'm getting a special pack for Clem Sucks. So, again, if you need or want your Clem Sucks pack, reach out to them on Instagram. Give them a call. They ship nationwide, and they get them things out really quick, too, man. A day or two is all it takes. By the way, I do want to say, I do want to say thank y'all so much for the love and the support in regards to the merchandise side of the business. If you could see the floor right now in the studio, it is covered with packages, just covered. I mean, literally the entire floor is covered with packages which are filled with koozies and towels. I I just want to say thank y'all again so much, man. Uh, We're getting those out today. Everybody who ordered their towels will have them by the Clem Sucks game this weekend. The the Clem Sucks game this weekend. Just want to say thank y'all, man. It's Beamer Ball to the freaking moon. I, I mean, the number of orders, it's crazy. I'm sitting there packaging towels myself. And and as you know, it's it's crazy. As I'm getting them done, there's more orders coming in. I'm like, I can't even keep up with it, but it's it's truly a blessing, man. It's champagne problems. And again, I want to say thank y'all so much. And um, it's truly a blessing. Like I said, winning is good for business, in case you did not know. But, uh, yeah, anyways, 
guys, again, we are uh, we got a busy one today. We got my good friend Alex McGrath. He will join us once again. I know we didn't get Alex last week. He was busy with some uh, some realignment stuff with with his business and his job, what what have you. But uh, we're getting Alex back on today, twelve fifteen. Of course, Shane Beamer is set to speak to the media at 1.30. So really excited to hear what Coach Beamer's got to say here on this rivalry week. And you just wonder, right? It's it's days like today where I believe Clemson players were already speaking and Gamecock players and coaches will speak today. You just wonder, like, who's going to be the person that says something that's like the bulletin board material, right? Well, I already saw Anthony Richardson for Florida, Florida State. He said something like, uh, you know, it's going to be huge for momentum when we win this game. You know, like basically guaranteeing the W. So I just, you know, I, I <laughs> it's funny how like every little comment on Rivalry Week is it, it, picked apart and can be used as bulletin board material, if you will. But uh, not, it'll be a lot of fun to tune in and just see again what uh, what Shane Beamer has to say here on this uh, Tuesday. Uh, somebody asked, Ed says, when does the Drop Yo Nuts merch drop? Great question, and I've been getting that question a lot. So, I'm getting that just a second. Let's jump to the phone lines. Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, bro? I could be better. You know, I'm I'm at home right now, uh, feeling a little bit under the weather. Oh, you fighting so. a little sickness, my guy? You you uh you sure it's not a hangover from Saturday? No, I I don't think so. Okay, um, good. But I wanted to call in and and sort of ask you, mm-hmm. you know pose pose the question about you know this this whole rivalry and how it's been going recently mm-hmm. um i mean obviously clemson has good players right i mean they they have uh you know really good players in in the trenches which i think is the advantage for them but do you think the reason why this this rivalry over the last you know 7 years hasn't been competitive is because of you know a mental thing because we, you know, most of the guys on the team have never beaten this team, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I think for sure. I think that the the mental aspect of the rivalry, you know, I, I think at some point, let me say this too. I think the reason Clemson has beaten South Carolina is because they've had a better football team. They've had more talent. Now, the reason the games have gotten so out of hand, I mean, it's obvious when you watch this game, right? It just seems like, and Clemson's had a lot of really good seasons, but even you look at last year, right? It's like, it doesn't matter what kind of season they are having. Uh, you know, they come into this game with supreme confidence. And how could you not, right? All the games have been blowouts. So I, I definitely think, and I actually, you know, it's interesting you bring this up, Dalton. So it was like two years ago, I believe. I had Pat DeMarco on the show, though, right? And, and Clemson at that point had won like five in a row, something like that, six in a row. And uh, so I had Pat DeMarco on the show, and I asked him about that. I actually asked him that question about the mental edge and the rivalry. And he, he said it's absolutely a thing, right? And, and, and you think back, and you know it is because – you know, I recall being in the stadium in 2013 when South Carolina beat Clemson. And I literally walked out of Willie B, thought the Gamecocks would never lose to Clemson again. Uh, obviously, that did not happen. But I just remember being in the stadium, and it was so crazy going back and watching the replay of that 13 game because you were like, man, this was like, this was a really close game. Like, South Carolina could have lost this game. But I remember being in the stadium, never doubting that Carolina was going to get the dub because it was just like, we beat Clemson. That's what we do. We, we find a way, you know, we, we, we find a way to win these games. We own them. And so right now, you know, I, I think Clemson, uh, you know, they do have that mental edge. Now, I, I think it's going to take, 
you know, a group of guys, a group of guys like we have on our team right now, deciding, you know, putting your foot down. And because again, at the end of the day, it does come down to execution. I mean, it's, you know, after that initial hit, right, kind of those emotions go away and it's, it's football. You know what I mean? It, there's a lot of emotion in the game. Don't get me wrong, but it is football and it's about execution and what have you. So, um, but I mean, certainly that there's, there has been a mental edge over the last couple of years. And, and I think also though, Dalton, again, when you, when you've been so superior in talent, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, I, I, over the years, you hear a lot of people say, we need guys like like Swearinger in the back end of the defense. We need guys that bring that swagger and that energy. And it's like, well, when you're as good as DJ Swearinger was, it's easy to be that confident. You need guys that actually have the game to back up that level of confidence. You know what I mean? So, um, Yeah, and it, I mean, I, yeah. I, think one, I think one of the reasons why I'm feeling a little bit more confident going into this game on Saturday is, uh, because, you know, we played with swag on, on Saturday night, last Saturday. You know, we just dominated the game. You know, yeah. so that, that's got to give you confidence mm-hmm. going yeah. into the next game. Yeah. The, the only issue I see is we haven't been able to put together two games like that in a row for mm-hmm. a very, very long time. Yeah. And especially because we're going to be playing it on the road. You know, you don't have that home field advantage, which I think matters a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't, I don't say this to be, it's just, you know, every Gamecock fan will attest that it's it's the Gamecock way, right, to follow up a great performance with a with a terrible one. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, unfortunately, like that, it feels yeah. like that has sort of been, you know, over the course of the history of the program, the narrative. Now, again, that doesn't, that doesn't mean this team is destined for that on Saturday, but, uh, and, you know, I, I, I will say this, I don't know that it's, I don't think it's fair to expect this team to score 63 on Saturday, but I, I get what you're saying, man, in regards to following up, not, not just looking totally clueless. Don't, don't lay an egg quote unquote. Um, so, you know, again, back to your point, the, the mental edge in this one has been really big, but uh, I, I'm excited to see how this football team approaches this game because I, I still stand by what I said over the summer in the sense of that, you know, South Carolina, in my opinion, still has a massive advantage at quarterback. I don't give a damn what any Clemson slapdick Twitter account wants to say. I, I saw I saw somebody doing some comparisons of, like, positions. If you think DJ Uyunglele is a better quarterback than Spencer Rattler, I, I've got some beachfront property in Omaha I'm willing to sell you because you're a, a complete idiot. I, I don't know what else to say. So, um, I think when you've got a guy like that, and especially coming off the game he just had against Tennessee – I think that gives your football team a lot of confidence. And so I think this should be, I mean, you're, you're in the best possible position you can be to snap this streak, right? Coming off the game against Tennessee with the supreme level of confidence you have, um, you know, so we'll see if they can carry it over, but it's, right. it's definitely that mental edge I, has definitely I mean, been a huge part of thing, this rivalry. One thing I kind of, you know, I, I think it's changed about the rivalry since Shane Beamer, um, you know, got to uh, South Carolina is is that I think Dabo respects him more than he ever respected Muschamp. You know, I, I think Dabo sort of thinks that Muschamp was a slap dick and he didn't know what he was doing. And it's obvious because, you know, they would just blow us out every single year. With Muschamp, I think, you know, his comments on Spencer Rattler and how good of a quarterback he is, that, that level of respect from Clemson fans is, is sort of back, you know, because at, South Carolina fans still understand how good this Clemson team is. Maybe, you know, they're probably not national championship caliber anymore, but they're still a very good team, you know? Yeah, no no doubt, no doubt. Listen, they've still got talent. They're elite defensively. Um, 
it's it's going to take a great effort from South Carolina to to get the win. Uh, absolutely, this is not a and and I'd expect Clemson like they've done the last seven times to play their best game. I, I mean, I, for whatever reason, you know, it seems like we're due, right, Dalton? It seems like we're due for for Clemson to play a bad game against South Carolina. It feels like year after year after year they put together their best performance against the Gamecocks. So, um, you know maybe and hopefully this is a Saturday where they're just off you know that'd be great I'm not saying that you know that has to happen for us to win I'm not saying that but like it just seems like we're due for that kind of performance from them yeah I mean the the main thing I think uh with going going up against this team is just to be able to stop the run which we haven't been able Mm -hmm. to do consistently the entire year you know I mean we had a good game against Tennessee against the run you you know they they ended up scoring points but at the end of the day that team was going to score points you you weren't going to be able to stop them from Mm -hmm. scoring points but we kept them to you know under 200 yards rushing and I think Will Shipley is going to be their main weapon yeah uh you know on offense so if we can stop him I'm feeling very confident you know that we can put together a, a good performance on offense because Clemson has had some issues in the secondary this year. Yeah. Yeah. The key will be stopping the run, no doubt, man. I mean, you look at the game last year, I think DJ threw for like 96 yards. So I, I don't think it's any secret. You know, and I, 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 I will say if you can slow down their run enough to force DJ to win the football game, I, I'll take our secondary against their receivers and DJ Uyunglele throwing the ball. I, I will, I will take that every time. I agree. I mean, it should be interesting. I, I think, uh, you know, even if we don't win, I, I hope we cover. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought it was kind of disrespectful that they, you know, made us a 16-point underdog. You know, granted, it's on the road, but mm-hmm. 16 points seems like, you know, way too much, mm-hmm. honestly. True. Very good point. I agree. Dalton, I appreciate the call, my guy. All right. You have a good one. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff from our guy Dalton. Dalton always very – uh Always does a great job when he calls in, so I appreciate it. Um, Let's see. We're about to get Alex McGrath here in just a second. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, If we got somebody that wants to call, I I know we just missed a call. If you want to try to squeeze your call in just for Here we go. Yeah. Hunter, what's up, man? You got about two minutes before Alex McGrath jumps on, so just wanted to give you a heads up. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Uh, you're good. Yeah, so, actually, I, I just have two fast questions. So, one, uh, well, not really, it's not really a question, but it's kind of a statement. But, um, so, the Clemson's defense, you, you can say that they're a really good defense. You know, it's very easy, easy to say that when they're playing weak teams. Look how look what happened with Notre Dame. And they, they whooped the shit out of them. Not even beat them. They whooped the shit out of them by 30 points. And, um, two, uh, this question, this is question number one. Uh, so I heard in the power rankings today, the real power rankings come out at seven. I heard that we're going to be in the top 25. If that's true. Oh, you're talking about the college football playoff rankings. I mean, it, it, there's a chance we slide in at 25 for the sake of this game being a, a ranked game Saturday. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'll say this about the Clemson defense. Again, their secondary has been sus. Their D-line is very good. Their defensive line is very good. They've got some very good players up front. But, uh, so, I mean, but you, you look at that game against Notre Dame, man, and, you know, turnovers, special teams. You know, I think if South Carolina can follow that that recipe, I mean, they've got a great chance in the football game. But I, I guess I just sure. say – I say Clemson's defense. I'll just say this. They're much better than Tennessee's defense. 
I'll, I'll give them that. I think Tennessee's defense was ranked near 100th, and Clemson's is like top 30 at least, or top 20 or something. I, I don't know. So, um, anyways, it, it'll be a great challenge. It'll be a great task. I don't think the Gamecocks are going to score 63 points again. But, uh, yeah, it, it will be a battle for sure, and it'll be a it'll great be test nice for the did. offensive line. What's up? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if we did. That would be awesome. It, it would be nice if we scored 63 points against Clemson confirmed. That is that is correct. I agree with that. I mean, could you imagine what the world would be like if we beat another, you know, top 10 team uh, at, you know, at Clemson? That would be awesome. My friend, it would be incredible. Yeah, it would it would be absolutely incredible. And, and one that this fan base desperately needs, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'll let you go. I'm not going to talk to your year No, you're good, Hunter. I appreciate the call, my man. Always a pleasure to hear from you. No problem. Yeah. Yep. Appreciate well. you. Bye. Great stuff from Hunter here. I'm going to close up the phone lines, guys. Uh, let's see. We got Alex McGrath waiting in the wings. Okay, there we go. All right, let's get him in. Alex McGrath, we missed him last week. Here he is in the flash. Alex, what's going on, my man? How are you? I, you know, coming, coming up for some air and – just putting the world back together, my man. Dude, I, I feel the same. You know, it's funny. I was talking with my merch guy this morning, and I told him, I was like, it's a great problem to have, but I almost feel like I don't have time to breathe. So, there you go. Uh, I've been packaging towels and koozies, and I, I got to get you, by the way, a little care package put together. That's that's something I have not done yet. Um, and also, <laughs> I got to get you this, too, a little, little piece of Willie B. A little here. piece of the hedge? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny, I, you know, after we rushed the field, I didn't know we were tearing the hedges up until I got out there, and I kind of got out there later than everybody else. But I got out there and I walk over there, and I'm like, the hedges are destroyed. Like, so I was like, well, I mean, I might as well take a piece. They're basically gone. So I mean, it's they'll grow back. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, and the season's over, right? It's not like we have a game this this weekend or anything at Willie B. Yeah. So, anyways, Alex, how you been, man? Again, it's great to uh, great to see you. Obviously, huge win over the weekend, but. Uh, How's everything been? I know you you obviously been going through a transition with what uh, your role or biz or job or what? Just uh, just uh, just a change of firms, so to speak. So it's been a, it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a, a whirlwind for the last I don't know what how what's like twelve days or so. But you know what I wanted to carve some time where I don't have to think about that for 25, 30 minutes. So here we are. Yeah, fair enough. It's funny, Alex, that. You know, we didn't have you last week in, in what would have been a very somber conversation, right? A, a Just a straight-up vent session. And that's all last week was, was a straight-up vent session. And now we have you on this week. And it couldn't be a more polar opposite feeling and discussion that we're going to have. So let me ask you this. I'll start with this. How – what was your mood last week going into the Tennessee game and how shocked are you that we sit here right now about to have the conversation we're about to have coming off of the result that we saw on Saturday night? I, I literally have no words. <laughs> None. I mean, I, I mean, we could, we could sit here and speculate about you know, what, whatever we wanted to, but I mean, I, we, I, what was, I, I saw like a stat that showed like through SEC play to date, we had 18 touchdowns and we scored nine. And I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just like, there was, there was nothing in the cards that could have predicted anything close to that. Alex Rattler threw for more touchdowns on Saturday night than he had in the entire month of October. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
Like, and I saw, I saw somebody else post a stat that was, and it may not, I may be misquoting this, but it was like, that's the biggest line miss, like, in, in Vegas's history. Or one of the large, or like the third largest, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Vegas certainly got their money uh, from everyone, including yours truly, that took Tennessee <laughs> minus 21 and a half or minus 20 when it opened or what have you. Uh, and, and let's dive into the game, Alex. I mean, that was the offense that we all thought we were going to see, right? I, I don't think I don't think any of us expected this team to score 60 a game. But in regards to that fast, free-flowing, just slinging it all over the field, Spencer Rattler doing his thing, that's what we expected to see all season long. And it just reconfirms what we all thought all year, which is talent's there. I mean, there are players, again, maybe not to score 60 per game, but you can't sit here and say that all season you just didn't have the players, you didn't have the personnel, you didn't have the talent because it was put on full display on Saturday night. I mean, yeah, that's like why I look like as big of an idiot as I do sitting here today when I made that prediction 11 weeks ago. Like, and what we've been talking about for 10 weeks where it's just like, you know what? Like, we're not a ground grinded out on the ground team like all of our talent is on that back end and you've got to use it you got to go vertical you got to spread the ball around get people in space lo and behold when you do things like that you get results i I don't don't know like you're obviously ecstatic but then you kind of sit there and scratch your head in frustration or like why hasn't this happened yet Mm -hmm. so i who so could say? Let, let me ask you this, Alex. I'll, I'll put you on the spot, um, and I'm going to get into your your preseason predictions in a second because I, I was asked to ask you about that by multiple people. But anyways, um, <laughs> Sh- Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer, and I'm sure he'll 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 stand by this today, and I respect it from Coach. But he adamantly said that Marcus Satterfield was calling the plays. It was all sat. He called all the plays. Do you buy or sell that Marcus Satterfield just turned over a new leaf and was the mastermind behind that offensive explosion on Saturday night? Color me skeptical. Like, the thing that stands out most to me in my skepticism is, did we have one play that entire night where they got up to the line and then looked back to the sideline to get a play? I don't think we did. Not, I also in the, not in the manner in which we were doing it, where it was so, like, drawn out. You know, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, it, I rewatched the game last night. It was very, like, we were fast. It was like one quick look over, boom, I got it, let's go. Like, just, there was none of this, like, this confusion of what I would call it. There was none of that. And the other, did we throw a screen pass? We, we actually did, which is funny enough you asked that, Alex, because it was early in the game, and we, we threw, like, a swing pass or a screen or something, and it worked. And in my head, I was like, this might actually just be our night. I mean, if the swing pass is working, this might be our night. Like, like truly. But we didn't, we didn't use them as much. We didn't – hey, when we had third and 20, we didn't throw one. We actually went downfield, and wouldn't you know, we converted it. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't you know. Yeah. But um, – no, I, I mean, listen, Alex, I, I agree with you. I, I just think there's – and it's not really a big deal, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying we should go on some crazy witch hunt to figure out who it was. Like, 
all that matters is it clicked and it worked. And I know it's maddening that it took this long. And I don't understand why it took, I guess, getting embarrassed in Gainesville to finally say, okay, we got to do something, right? But at the same time, like, I, I just refuse to believe that that all of a sudden Marcus Satterfield just had a come-to-Jesus moment and, and an angel came to him in his dream and told him what – or maybe, you know, I, I made this joke with my buddy last night, Alex, maybe uh, maybe Satterfield just was looking at his play sheet and flipped it over and he's like, oh, this has a back. There's a second that, chapter. <laughs> I mean, they, they, I mean, sure. I mean, I guess that could have could have been the case. Um, uh, the other the other side of that too could potentially be where you know it, it was a top down decision, like, hey, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. Like, and then net, you have to operate in this arena and maybe that was it I don't know yeah Alex I I, I was joking again with a buddy last night because we rewatched the game yeah I, I think there was check with me on Saturday night but it was Satterfield checking with Beamer I I I would venture to say yeah you're sat we're gonna do check with me but you're going to check with me on what you're calling I I'm just yeah anyway anyways whoever's hands were in the in the recipe all that matters is the cake came out and tasted delicious that's all that matters um <laughs> That's one way to put it, yeah. Yes, yes. Alex, let's let's speak a little bit on QB1, man. Spencer Rattler's night, you know, we, we've seen some great performances from Gamecocks quarterbacks. Obviously, we talked with Steven Garcia yesterday. You think of 2010 against Bama. You think of uh, – heck, you think of some of those games Blake Mitchell had, right, in the early yeah. Spurrier days. You, you think of uh, Steve Tannehill back in 95 against Mississippi State, throwing for, I think, like over 500 yards or something crazy. But, Alex – you could argue that was the greatest performance, individual game performance we ever seen from a Gamecocks quarterback. Just what you saw from him, and I mean, how special it was watching him do what he did on Saturday. It, it, it was it was as if like you just took the brakes off, right, and just said go play, and you're throwing deep balls, and you're just the, like the accuracy with which he executed everything was. I, you know, like, I, I don't want to say that that's what I was expecting. I was expecting like 80% of that. And it's like all of it just clicked at the same time. I mean, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, like that 30 of 37 had drops in it. And I, I don't know that you could humanly play any better than he did. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do believe, man, when you factor in, when you just factor in everything, I mean, that that truly, and I know it's recency bias, but, man, I mean, it, it's, again, going back and rewatching it and just every throw on the money, dude. And, and like you mentioned, that that was the thing. That's the obvious takeaway, man. Like, no doubt, and I, and I will say this, and watching it back, the execution was better, right? Because there were some throws where it was like he had to put it in a spot, and if he didn't, play would have failed, which we've seen similar results all season long. But like you mentioned, that just free-flowing, it was almost like somebody took the handcuffs off, you know? Like, yeah. it was just a lot of, like, backyard, let's go play ball. Like, I saw a lot of receivers getting opportunities to make plays. Like, I, I didn't see Spencer Rattler in the backfield looking like he was, like, trying to process and think about arithmetic back there. Like, nope. he was just – it was get it and go. Get it and go. Get your read go. Like, I mean, it was – and it was so much fun to watch. So much fun to watch and watch playmakers make plays. Antoine Wells, I mean, my God, man. We, we knew he was a capable player. He was – we talk about Garcia. Antoine Wells was the Alshon Jeffrey 
of that game. Like, just making every play, dude. Just just making every catch. And then getting everybody involved from Jaheim Bell to that joiner to Jalen Brooks to Amari and Brown. And, I mean, the list just goes on and on, man. It was – it was. I'm so it was glad sim- that – It was simplified. It was simplified. And I'm so glad that offensive explosion, Alex, happened because it just – it just goes to show and confirms that it was there. It was there. It was there. So, it, you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, are we crazy? Like, is the personnel just not really that good? It's like, no. it might not be 63 points per week good, but it was way better than anything we saw up to that point. <laughs> to say the least. I mean, you got, like, you know, throwing the post pattern – to Josh Van, like, I don't know that we've really, I mean, we've attempted that, what, like four times this year? We certainly haven't thrown a back shoulder fade, mm-hmm. like, in that situation. It's just, it, it, like, just, it, I don't know. Maybe Tennessee was just giving you a look that nobody else had given you for the entire year. But it's just, like, the the rhythm of the play calling, the setup of, like, the, the sweet play that Antoine Wells set or scored on or juice scored on, you know, that got set up like three plays before that. And it's just like, that hasn't, that hasn't been something that's been done, at least not to that degree. And just, I don't know, the little things like that are what color me skeptical, but I mean, it was just, it, I don't know. That's just what I thought. Cause we knew those guys were talented and it's just like, it never shined through until then. And it's just, you know, it got, it to me, it looks like it was very much simplified and, you're just like, just go, just go play. And you know, Alex, I label myself slap dick of the weekend, by the way, for just, you know, my, my predict. Yeah. My prediction. And, and you know, and I'll never apologize for it, but I didn't give us a shot, which nobody did. No, no football watcher gave South Carolina a shot to win that game. And, uh, but either way, I, I'm gladly holding the title of that, but more so I did it because, you know, Alex, it's funny, and I don't know how you felt, but early on in that game, that first drive, you face fourth and one, you're going for it. I'm like, kick the field goal. You, 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 just, you just came off a weekend where you didn't score an offensive point. Get on the board, right? Then you get the illegal snap thing. Fourth and six. I'm like, all right, now you have to kick the field goal. They go for it anyways and get it. And, and looking back at that, and you score the touchdown on that drive – that was the tone setter, dude. And, and it's yep. and it's that mentality as we look ahead to this weekend. It's that mentality. I, I just hope and pray we come with on Saturday. Like this, like Cam Smith said, drop your nuts. Let your nuts hang. Like just play well, with that. Play with yeah. that. I know. It, well, it's just like, well, now you're playing with house money. That's it. The over's been <laughs> so, cashed, my guy. The, the over's been cashed. Like the, over's been ca- the over's been cashed. You got full coverage on the craps Good. table. Just Good. keep rolling. Don't yeah. pull it back. It's like the man who normally wins in the fight is the man who's not afraid to die. Like, yep. that's the man who the man who risks it all. High risk, high reward. Like, that. that is – and I just, you know, it pains me we didn't live that way the entire season, but, like, that's normally the guy, you know – who gets the job done. And, you know, I do want to give some credit, Alex, before we move off this game. And I got one more question for you on the Tennessee thing. But the defense, I mean, I think you got to give a lot of credit to South Carolina's defense. You know, I, I, this was going to be an offensive game. Tennessee was going to score, right? Best offense in college football based off the numbers and everything. Uh, Hendon Hooker, the season they've had speaks for itself. But I thought the Gamecocks, for the most part, after that first drive, right, where Tennessee went down the field, scored in a minute, 
I thought they did a pretty good job making things as tough as anybody has for Tennessee to this point. What you saw from the Carolina defense, I mean, again, you know, you look, they got their yards, but I think an overall impressive effort based off the opponent you had played. Oh, yeah. I mean, they gave you every opportunity that they could give you to keep yourself in the game, and that's all you can ask for against somebody like Tennessee. Like, yeah, did they throw for 350 yards and have 500 yards of offense and score, what was it, 30? 38, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, if we didn't score 63, we probably wouldn't be super pumped about that. But, you know, that's the best offense in the country. Like, that's – they're going to get theirs. You just have to, like, contain it as much as you can, and that's what they did. Alex, by the way, I'm just uh, just perusing Twitter and uh, get this. We got a tweet from our good friend Mike Gillespie. He said he asked Spencer what was different between last Saturday and the Saturdays Carolina struggled offensively. Spencer Rattler says offensive line play, fewer personnel groupings, not a whole lot of subbing, and the tempo stayed high. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Things that yeah. make you go, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> right. Anyways, anyways. Um, lastly, before we move off that game, Alex, just, you know, in your opinion, and you saw the post game, the fanfare. I mean, I rushed the field. I mean, it was just a magical night at Willie B. And, and one of those nights that, you know, I'll never forget, man. I mean, one that'll live with me forever. But, you know, I, I think Shane Beamer, you know, last year beating beating Florida and beating Auburn was really nice. Those were early signature wins in year one. Beating UNC in the Mayo Bowl and just getting a bowl victory, that was nice in year one. You know, this season, it was nice to, to get that monkey off your back in Lexington against Kentucky. It was nice, obviously, to snap the streak against A&M. But this is the signature win of the Beamer era, thus far at least. Oh, yeah. And this is that win – the punctuation mark, right? And all season, it kind of felt like, well, yeah, but, you know, Kentucky didn't have Will Levis. Texas A&M's a dumpster fire. Um, you know, Vandy's Vandy. And then your other three wins were non-conference. It's like, who have you really beaten? And the beautiful thing about that game Saturday night, Alex, the way you won, I mean, it was a straight-up ass-kicking. It wasn't some turnover-aided special teams thing. You just went out there and took it and beat the hell out of Tennessee. Your just overall thoughts on – the impact of this victory and, and what it means for South Carolina football so early in Beamer's tenure. I mean, the national attention that that just brought you is gigantic. And, you know, like, I, I think we talked about this several weeks ago, but, you know, where you lose, well, maybe, maybe not specifically Jalen Hyatt, but like where you're losing receivers or offensive playmakers to surrounding programs because they're not because you don't have that flash in the pan offense well you just put that on blast on national tv like and can't like and so, to steven's point now the standard's been set you got to go out there and do that again or keep it in that same vein and you can't undersell that like you know to have recruits in that building for that game and for that to be on a national television exposure, like I mean, that's you can't you can't pay for that. Mm. I mean, it, it, everything that brings with it is is gigantic for the program going forward, and and to do it in a fashion that you did, where it wasn't it wasn't even really Beamer Ball that got you that big win. There were no funky turnovers. There were no funky special team plays. You just stepped on their throat for sixty straight minutes. Yeah, that 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 was 
you know, Alex, you make a great point. Again, it's like South Carolina played like the 23-point favorite. I mean, really, truly, I mean, again, going back and watching, it's like Carolina had Tennessee on their heels from the jump. And it just – it was – that's what I think was so crazy is you, that was a Tennessee team that they had been the aggressor all year. And, you know, a lot of times when upsets happen, it's like, oh, well, Hooker threw five. You know, kind of like – and I'm not trying to take away from this game. Like 2000 Georgia, right? Oh, Quincy Carter threw five picks or – or this ha- – like, even even the win against Bama, and obviously taking nothing away from that one, but, like, you know, defense made huge plays in that one. You know, and and your defense played well in this one, but, I mean, you just took it. It, it wasn't like yeah. it was some fluky, like, oh, you won the Turner battle 5 nothing and blocked the punt. And, nah, Carolina just straight up lined up and imposed their will. No, was, there was, it, there was yeah. nothing – there was nothing fluky about that. That was just a straight beating. So now, Alex, we move into, and it's so funny, you know, I talk about the, the biggest win of the Beamer era to this point, the signature win, unless you can win this weekend, right? <laughs> unless you can go on the road and win this weekend as you take on the rival. Obviously, Alex, again, you were someone that you wore the garnet and black. You've been a part of this rivalry. I know I've asked you before, but I'm going to ask you again, just, just talk about what it was like as a player being a part of the Carolina-Clemson rivalry because we know – that it's it's a little bigger for fans, right? I mean, especially with Spurrier, it was it's just another game. It's a nameless face opponent. But you as a player and as a football team, you just can't help but feel right. Like you know, everybody everybody you walk around campus and fans, you interact. Hey man, y'all gonna beat Clemson? Like it's just like everybody. What <laughs> is so? Just talk about being a part of this rivalry and how, how crazy that was, and also you guys were able to get that win back in two thousand six, which is you know, one of the all-time memorable Gamecock uh, Clemson games of all time. I feel like, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head where it, it's, it means so much more to the fan base. And, you know, like that was Spurrier's big thing. It's like a nameless, faceless opponent. And, you know, his thing was like, listen, I'm worried about winning the SEC East. If we beat Clemson, that's icing on the cake. Um, but like what it means to the fans, like when we won that game in 2006, it coming back on the buses, getting back to the stadium, and the entire parking lot was full of fans just celebrating and like re- ready to welcome us back. Like that, that's one of those special memories that'll just always be with me. And like it, 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 it's that portion of it that means so much to everybody that it's like, this is something you're going to discuss at Christmas, and this is something you're going to be talking about in the office for the next 12 months. And it's just like that bragging right that comes with it that you don't really get from, you know, beating a Tennessee or beating a Georgia or beating a Florida, especially for like everybody that's kind of local to South Carolina. And, you know, I mean, obviously you're in the upstate now, so you can see it very visibly, like what those bragging rights would mean just from interactions you have everywhere. And I think that's what makes it so special as a, as both a player and a fan. It's just like that game just carries that extra weight to it because you're, a lo- or at least for myself, you know, I was a local product to this area and being able to win that game and see just that fan excitement, just that's what makes it special more than anything else. Yeah, Alex, to your point, I, I'm, I'm really going to enjoy rocking Clem sucks merch all week in the upstate. That's, I just, I'm telling you, like, I'm probably going to go downtown after the show today and I just can't wait. Can't wait for the looks, the, the you know, kind of like the, what? Well, you know, who's this guy? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know though. I, I don't really interact with 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 them a whole lot. I, I think like 
I have some sort of Clem sucks repellent or something. I, I just I don't interact with Clemson people. I really don't. I, I even since I've been up here, it's it's not really a problem in my face. I don't. I, also, I've got the advantage. I don't go to an office, right? Yeah. So I, I'm I'm able to control who I surround myself with. So I like to think I do a good job of that. Picking picking and choosing my uh. Do you have the Clemson pack ready to go though? It's, oh, I think it's, it's oh, it's question. ready. Oh, it's okay, ready. Good. No, no, it's it's so actually. Carolina Cigars just shipped it off this morning because I actually texted him. I said, hey, guys, I need a special pack. We, we need like, a, like the nicest cigar you have. And so they're sending, they're sending the pack of all packs. Put it that way. Outstanding. That's what I like pack. to hear. The ultimate pack, indeed. Um, Alex, it's funny. You talk about like the, the winning in 2006 and, and the trash talk. To be on the other side, which is where we are. Seven straight losses. Clemson's won 40 straight home games. When you look at this game on Saturday, Tigers open as a 16-point favorite. That line is since, and I thought that was incredibly high. That line has come down 14 and a half. Either way, who gives a damn? Gamecocks just won as a 23-point dog. When you look at this game, call me crazy, but I look at Clemson. They've obviously got talent. This game, to me, is just so much more about South Carolina and what Gamecocks team shows up, what offense shows up. Right? Is it the offense we saw in Florida that that, or, or even last year against Clemson, or is it what we just saw against Tennessee more so to that degree? Right? I, I'm not saying I'm guaranteeing victory if that you know, but it's just that's the question I think we all have. I'm not really even concerned. Like I know Clemson's got talent, but I'm like, what Carolina team's going to show up on that field on Saturday? <laughs> I mean, that's the gambling question, right? right? Like, I mean. If you get 60% of what you got on Saturday, I mean, that's that's enough to win. And it's just like, is it? If do, do we get Missouri, Carolina, and Florida, Carolina, or do we get Tennessee, Carolina? Yeah. yeah. And if you can get again, you get like 60 to 80% of that production, you're gonna you're gonna win. It's just like, it, can you recreate? Can you like recreate that? flow can you recreate that freedom can you recreate the matchups mm-hmm. and that is <laughs> i did like I'm, I'm reticent that that can happen but i'm it is my sincerest wish that it does alex your keys to victory on saturday again it's it's interesting i was uh you know going back listening to some of our conversations we've had Ahead, because we, we, you know, this is the this is the third consecutive year, right? Uh, or excuse me, fourth consecutive year. You and I have talked ahead of South Carolina Clemson, and I mean, there, there's been a couple of these matchups where they've just been Carolina has been 24, 26 point underdogs, and I, it's funny. I was looking back at like 2019, and you know, Carolina had no shot, and and, and you were trying to give your keys, and it was just like, uh, you know, just a, we were both just trying to give sad attempts at keys to victory. We both knew the inevitable was about to happen. But when you look at this game, and I, I think it says, not to oversimplify it, but if you can stop Shipley, make DJU beat you, and and uh, stay on the attack offensively, you know, I, I think at minimum, this is going to be the closest game we've seen in quite some time. Because the games have obviously been nothing but blowouts. Just what you want to see from this South kind of football team, keys to victory on Saturday for you against the, uh, the team from the upstate. I just, just if I would love to see us come out and be as aggressive as we just were, like act like you're playing with house money, and go for the jugular. That's it. Like if you've got fourth and six on their side of the field, you're going for it. You're not kicking field goals. Like you are trying to score points 
put them on their heels and be the aggressor on defense. It's exactly what you said. Stop Shipley, make DJ beat you. Don't, don't give yourself, don't like be in constant, like third and three, third and four, like put them in a position where it's third and seven, third and eight all night. And then maybe a little bit of Beamer ball too. Listen, listen, Hey, not a bad week for it. It wouldn't be a bad week for it. (laughs) Not a bad week for it. Blocked punter two, blocked kicker two. Um, Alex, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Looking forward to the game. Will you be attending game Saturday? No, no, I will not. <laughs> I uh, are you someone that to... is are you someone that is sworn off like ever going back? Like, are you? Will you ever go? <laughs> and back it's to... it's not even it's like yes, but it's not even for the reasons you would probably think it would be. Um, like I don't like I don't, I've never had like a bad like fan experience there or anything like that. I just don't want to sit in traffic for four hours when the game's over, and that's the number one thing. Clemson. There's not a good way in and out of there, and that's why I choose not to do it. Yeah. Well, we will be in Columbia on home turf at uh, Carolina Ale House throwing a watch party. So it's it's funny, man. I, I uh, a lot of a lot of our fans wanted to you know you should throw a tailgate for Clemson and. And, and I kind of pitched the idea to Alehouse in the preseason, and they were like, they were like, Chris, we know you have thick skin, but we don't. And <laughs> and, and I, I I understood, and I actually thought it was a good idea because I was like, the amount of shit talking we're going to do this week, I don't know if it's a great idea to be like, hey, we're going to be right here, right here. Just <laughs> come find come, us. Come on. Come, just, you're more than, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if that's very, if that's a, if that's a wise decision, but uh Anyways, Alex, I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's always a pleasure. And you know what I love, too, is that the game is at noon on Saturday. You know a little bit of something about winning at Clemson in a noon kick. So. We, we've, done, we've done it before. It can be done again. <laughs> done it before, indeed. You, Ryan, listen, suck up Blake Mitchell, Mike Davis, and the boys just doing the damn thing. Listen, it's, it's been a year to break streaks, and there's a couple of big ones hanging there right there. 40 straight home games, seven years in a row. I mean, I'd, it, I'd hate, I'd hate for it to be us that ruins all that. Be such a shame. Be such a shame. It would. It would really be, be a tragedy. A second straight week, knock a team out of the playoff line. Such a shame. Such a shame. Hate to see it. <laughs> and, and let it be known that we will be insufferable if it happens. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Alex, my friend, dude, it's so glad, so glad to get you back on the show today, man. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Appreciate you, my dude. Me too, my friend. Yes, sir. Take care. We'll talk soon. See you, buddy. Great stuff from Alex McGrath. What a legend. Guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first break. On the other side, though, your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Tuesday, November the 22nd. Of course, we got Shane Beamer upcoming at 1.30. We got Shane Beamer upcoming at 1.30. Um, in the meantime, guys, would love to hear from you. Appreciate Alex McGrath taking the time to chat it feels like things right now are, are 
fairly tame for rivalry week. I know it'll heat up as we go. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways, I, I think we're obviously all still kind of riding off that emotional high from the weekend. Again, I'm excited to hear what Shane Beamer's got to say. Very excited to hear what Shane Beamer has to say. Um, yeah, rocking and rolling throughout the week. Here we go. Frank, what's up, man? How are you? How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Oh, great weekend, right? I, I, I oh, saw yeah. you down there on the five-mile show out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> it was, uh, it, it yeah. was a big weekend. Yeah, I, I was out there time we, uh... Yeah, cutting up a little bit. So. <laughs> so we found our joy, right? Rushed the field. I was going to do that if they covered the spread, mm-hmm. so I guess I was right. Mm-hmm. But the uh, And the band, the best part about being on the field was seeing that band playing up in the stands. Mm-hmm. Follow fans were having a good time. People ripping the hedges apart. Mm-hmm. I guess you saw that. Oh, yeah. I was down there. Oh, uh, yeah. I was definitely down there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw, yeah. I knew you were going to be in a building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm like Alex, you know. Uh, I'm a little skeptical. I just got my sat shirt, and now you want me to burn it, you know, five days later. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, if the same guy to call the plays on Saturday called the plays against Missouri and, Cal- and uh, Florida, I'm with Coach Beamer. I guess I got to believe him. Right. Um, you know, uh, I never, I'm, I'm a Beamer guy. Never wanted a bench uh, rattler. Thought he was great. Showed yeah. his stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm happy for the team. I, I hope they enjoy the success. Uh, it looked like that night they could have beat anybody in a uniform. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. that, that's, uh, you know, the product looked like football. It was dynamic. It was creative. And somewhere early in the fourth quarter, I, I had the only thing I could do. I texted the uh, I texted the phone line, and I said, I don't know if you're going to get this, but I'm fixing to be on the 50-yard line in about eight minutes. That was you. Okay. So, uh, okay. Love that. Yeah. I, I said, I don't know if he's going to get this, but I'm sending it out anyway. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I, I love that, man. Yeah, I, I dude, I, I – the amount of calls and texts and DMs and all that I got after that game Saturday was unbelievable. So, no, I, I got it. I appreciate you sending that. Um yeah, man, Saturday Saturday was just a magical night and, and like I said, I think one of the I think one of the one of the best things or, or you know, one of the best things Alex said was just, you know, the hope is that we continue to play with that nothing to lose type mentality. I mean, I, I just, you know, I know Clemson's a good team and their front seven's really good and um but play with nothing to lose, man. Play with nothing to lose. I mean, what, what what's what's the worst yeah. thing that can happen, Frank? You you lose to Clemson again? I mean, like You've already lost seven in a row. Like, like, what do you literally have to lose? Nothing. You've no. already hit the over in the wind total. You you're, you're already going to a nice bowl game because at worst case, I think you're going to go to the Gator Bowl. They're the ones that want you at seven wins. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. And, you know, look, you know, we all unfortunately remember, like we scored zero points against Clemson last year. Uh, we don't want to see a replay of that. Yeah. that. That scheme that we had on the field Saturday night, like I said before, I, it looked like they could have beat any team in a uniform. So uh, let's keep that going. And I just wish them luck. I'm, I'm hoping. I, I know the coaches got to keep these guys from playing flat, but I don't think just don't stop them. Let them bask in this glory. Let them, you know, get the taps on the shoulder on campus. And, uh, you know, we'll wish them well for uh, that trip down to Death Valley. Indeed. Indeed, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Hey, I'm excited I for it. I was looking on your show. 
Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. I'll let you get on with your show. You have a great day. Frank, you're the man. I appreciate you calling in. Take care. Yeah, thanks so much. Great stuff from Frank, as always. Uh, Trenton asks, will other merch like sweatshirts be shipped by Saturday? When did you order it, Trenton? That that, that would help me. Uh, so here's the thing. I don't fulfill any any clothing, right? The only thing I fulfill myself are towels and koozies. That's the only thing I fulfill myself. Uh, everything else comes from our vendor, right? Um, uh, anyways, though, yeah, I, I appreciate the call from Frank and, uh, you know, I, what do we have? To- Here we go. Let's jump to the lines. Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good. Sitting here eating my dessert after I just finished eating lunch. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Appreciate you calling in. What's up? I'm going to reiterate what you said a few minutes ago, right? About a guy in a fight that has nothing to lose, right? That's the guy you don't want to fight. Because a guy that in, the, in a fight that has nothing to lose is a guy that's willing to do anything to beat your ass. Bite, scratch, claw, tear you limb from limb. That's a guy you do not want to fight. Okay? And if we played like that, Saturday night, Saturday night against Tennessee. And if we play like that Saturday, Saturday afternoon in the fake Death Valley, okay, we will shock everybody and ruin Clemson for the year. Would certainly ruin their playoff hopes, no doubt. I mean, I, I uh, no, Robbie, I'm, I'm glad you caught that and. Yeah, I don't know. That just hit me. I mean, I, I think of the Babe Ruth quote that it's, you know, it's 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 hard to beat a man who never quits. But, I mean, I, I just echo what I said earlier about, uh, you know, in, in the fight. It's it's the man who's willing to die that wins the fight because he has nothing to lose. He's willing, exactly. to, take, he's willing to take the risks that the other is not willing to take. So, that's what I want to see from South Carolina. Win, lose, or draw, right? Just play with nothing to lose. Because you don't, you don't have anything to lose. You've lost seven in a row. Like, you're, you already got right. seven wins. You're already going to a nice bowl game. Like, you have nothing to lose on Saturday. Nothing. Nothing. Like Cam Smith said. Play that way. Like Cam Smith said. Let them nuts hang and just go out there and play, baby. Let them nuts hang, go out there, take, and just make Clemson understand that for 60 minutes, they're going to be in a damn dogfight. I mean, Robbie, you've said okay. it all year. Somebody to- in the chat points it out. You've said it all year. Attack. That, that's We finally attacked. We finally listened to Robbie Davis. And we finally did it. We finally did it. Yeah, Robbie. It took us 11 games, but damn it, we did it. And if we do that, if we do that Saturday afternoon in, 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 in the upstate with them pussycats, they will lose. Because like Alex McGrath said, okay, we've got to force DJ to beat us. Don't give Shipley nothing. If he gets it, fine. But make him earn it. Make him understand that anytime he has the ball, he's going to get gang tackled and he's going to get freaking manhandled. Okay. Because honest and 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 Clemson is prone to turning the ball over. Okay. So I do believe we if we can get some turnovers and capitalize off of them, he will beat Clemson Saturday afternoon. 
Robbie, were you calling plays Saturday? Were you the secret offensive coordinator? I wish, because I would be doing exactly what we did Saturday night. That's for damn sure. I was like, screw this screen play bullshit. We're doing, we're, we're throwing the ball deep. We're testing the safeties and corners. We're doing, we're gonna, we're gonna let our nuts hang. I don't give a damn. Because if you like, if you're not, if you're not willing to risk everything to to do something right to like win a game right, then guess what? You're probably gonna lose. That's with any sport. You got to be willing to, because you got to take risks in order to win a a, a a game. Okay. And Saturday night, we took risks and and it paid off. And against and against Clemson, we got to do the same dang thing. Okay. Attack them, make them understand that it's not going to be a cake. It's not going to be an ass whooping. Like last year, this is this is this, this, we are going to come into. This, I think I truly believe we're going to come into this game confident, ready to take care of business. Because like the like Seymour said, some some players that hit, some players came to him during the off season, so we got some unfinished business that we need to take care of. And so far this season, we've taken care of some business that we need to take care of. We ended the streak against A and M. We beat Tennessee. And, and, I, and, I, and I will and I will say this. I, I will say this that you know that what Dalton was calling about earlier in the show. Attitude does play a major role in this game, and you know coming into this ball game with that, let your nuts hang mentality. You know the the because you you've seen it over the you last seven contests. You've seen it over the last seven contests that Clemson has had a mental advantage and a mental edge. And again, a lot of that has come from they've just had a better roster. They've had a better players. But they have come into the ball game with a with a clear, in my opinion, mental edge. And so I, I am really curious to see, is it different with this football team? Is, is it different? Does this football team attack this game and attack the arch rival differently than in years past? similar to how you did in 2010 to 13 where South Carolina, you know, or 2009 to 13, excuse me, where it's like, we didn't show up hoping to win this ball game. We showed up knowing we were going to win. And it was just clear from the jump who, who the better team was and who the aggressor right. was and who the tone setter was going to be. And so that's what I'm hoping to see. That's why I continue to say this ball game on Saturday, it's about South Carolina. I, I mean, Clemson, give them all the credit in the world. Right. But I, I just want to see this Gamecocks football team show up. We'll go from there. But I want to see this team show up. You do that, I, I, I got a good feeling about it. Yeah. And, and like I said, me, I, me and my dad talked about it, and we're like, if, if, if this team shows up, then, then we're going to give Clemson hell. And I don't know what Juice Wells – did before for pregame okay but whatever the hell he did to get himself ready for the Tennessee game do it again because anywhere that ball was thrown he was coming down with it indeed indeed you know it's it's interesting Robbie that the truth lies somewhere in the middle 
Are you as good as we saw on Saturday against Tennessee? Probably not quite. Are you as bad as we saw at Florida? Obviously not. So the truth lies somewhere in the middle. The mm-hmm. question is, will the truth be good enough to win on Saturday? That, that's, that's the question. But now that's you know what you're capable of. Now you know what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Right. We know what this – we know – now we can – now that we've seen this offense, that it, 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 seen that this offense can move the football, we're like, okay, we can, we can build off of this going into rivalry week. Hmm. Record, records are out the damn window. Who gives a damn if Clemson's 9-1? Who gives a I – don't, I don't care. I'm going to wake up Saturday morning thinking to myself, we're going we're gonna to win. This, 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 no. This is, this is the biggest game in the state of South Carolina. There's no other there's – no there's, no there's no sport – there's no pro teams in South Carolina – no, 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 like nothing. Okay, the closest pro team to South Carolina is the Panthers, but whenever it comes to college football, there's no other college football game in the state that matters. This is a big one. And if I was anybody on that coaching staff for Carolina, I would tell them flat out, if I got to get you fired up for this week, send in your pads and go home. You know what's at stake. You got a chance to go into Death Valley and ruin your rival season on Saturday. I wish you were putting on the pads, Robbie. I sound like about to run through a brick wall. Oh, I would. Oh, I would. Oh, I would. I would hit DJ so hard, he wouldn't know what to do. I'd make. I'd make sure he. I'd be like, "Hey, it's gonna happen all day, baby. I'm gonna hit you all day. Mm-hmm. Ball in hand. I don't give a damn. As soon as you let that ball go, I'm hitting you anyway. I don't give a damn. I'll get caught for targeting. I don't care. I'm gonna. I'd hit that fool. Like it. it like. You you, you drop your nuts. You, you, you drop your nuts. I mean, that's that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna hit you all day. I might get called for roughing the passer, but I don't give a damn. I'm gonna make sure you know I'm coming and I'm gonna be in your face all day long. Three for three to three and a half hours, I'm gonna be in your face. You're gonna know I'm coming. You're gonna be like, where is he? Where is he? You ain't gonna know where I'm at. I'm gonna be like, pow. I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I would make sure he knows what my name was at the end of that daggum game. And when we have opportunities to put him on his back, do it. Because I feel like if we can rattle, if we can rattle him, he'll, he'll, he'll mess up. Because to me, he's not that good. Like I said earlier, they're, they're, they're prone to turning the ball over here recently. And if we can capitalize off of that and put Clemson in a corner like we did Tennessee – we will walk out of Death Valley with mm-hmm. the W. Indeed, Robbie and Wilson. I will, I'll go give ahead. you my pred- I'll give you my prediction on uh, uh, tomorrow, since tomorrow. Thanksgiving's Thursday. Fantastic. Looking forward to it, Robbie. I appreciate the call, my guy. Always a pleasure chatting with you. No problem. No problem. Have a good one. Yeah, man. You too. Great stuff, Robbie Davis. Always a legendary call. 
Uh, we got a text here. We need to come into the game with energy that we showed against Tennessee and our defense that we saw against Texas A&M. Um, yeah, again, I, I think mentality in this one's big. And, and guys, I, I definitely see Jonathan Hall commenting. I just don't know why. Like, bringing up the game last year literally has nothing to do with the game this year. Like, literally nothing. Literally nothing. I mean, South Carolina's roster – offensively especially, just night and day different. So, I mean, if that's the hill you want to die on, that's – then that's be my guest. I guess if that's how you're going to make predictions, fine. But I – literally makes no difference. No difference. Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you guys this. My mood going into rivalry week. We'll jump to the phone lines here. Okay, so he's calling in. Jonathan Hall, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, man? I, you know, so what? If I got my my goat on my right hand. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here, and my sister's licking my cousin's pinky toe. But uh, Clem Tigers are gonna go out there, and uh, they're gonna beat them Gamecocks. And I hope we understand that all y'all out there, and. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just a privileged forty-two thousand dollar year working the Clemson Tiger, but uh, hope y'all understand that uh, Clemson's got y'all by the balls. And uh, DJ, you know, ugly, it's gonna it's gonna throw more picks and toss more than 2013. Coming on 10 years now, we got a we got a read coming up, and uh, we're still gonna beat y'all. We'll share with it forever. Thank y'all. Appreciate it, Jonathan Hall. Hey, Jonathan Hall. Calling him. <laughs> oh man, love that! Absolutely love that. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's typically on rivalry week. We we get a couple of uh, we 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 get a couple of calls from from the rival. I'm actually surprised it's not more. I'm I'm surprised there's not more. There's not as many Clem sucks fans in the comments talking shit as there normally are. You know, I was going to say my, my mood coming into rivalry week, I, I have a very, I'd say a very calm confidence. A very calm confidence, for sure. Um, I, I feel good going into the game. You know, I, I'm not sitting here telling you, I don't know what my prediction is going to be, right? You know, last year, I did pick Clemson to win the ball game. Many folks forget that. You know, over the summer, I picked the Gamecocks to beat Clemson, to snap the streak. I think my score prediction of the summer was something like 24 to 20 or something like that. Um, and so, again, I, I don't, you know, I have not really done my deep dive. I, I, I don't know, uh, you know, what, what I will be picking. And, again, John, Jay Hall, I, I know you, I know, Jay Hall, you're trying to talk shit. I, I know you are, and it's, you're not even – not even really moving the needle with me because you're just, I don't know, man, you're just off your rocker. Uh, I, I felt excited last year. I did. I, I thought the game cops would cover. I was wrong, but I did pick Clemson to win the game. So, uh, and, and I've never, by the way, let me go ahead and put this on record. I've, I've never picked South Carolina to beat Clemson the week of the game, right? Picking Carolina to beat Clemson in the preseason this year was the first time I've ever picked South Carolina to beat Clemson in any sort of prediction since I've started doing this. So, you know, I mean, I, I very realistically back in 1920 uh, 
picked Clemson to win and win by a very large margin. Um, and, and to the point of, no, I, I will not be going to the game at Clemson. No, Jay Hall, the reason, Jonathan Hall, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm not going is I'm, I'm getting paid to throw a watch party to, to watch the game. So I know you can't really wrap your brain around that, but feels good to be good. Anyways, I, I have a very calm, quiet confidence this week. I, I really do. I really do. And again, as I've, I'm going to say it many times this week, this game to me is about Carolina. I, I mean, I think Clemson's got a quality football team. They, they've got a you know fantastic defensive line. Linebackers are great. Um, DJU every now and then can play some ball. Will Shipley's a fantastic player at running back. But as I said over the summer, I look at Clemson as mortal. I, I, I don't look at Clemson as a Georgia. I don't look at Clemson as one of the elites of college football. I mean, they're, they're still very good. They're still very talented, but uh, I, I just don't view Clemson as as some unbeatable, just un, ungettable thing. Like, this is a very winnable game for South Carolina. I would say I would have told you actually last week that Clemson was more winnable than Tennessee was. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident. So, and... Again, Jonathan Hall, I, I don't know why you're insi- – Jonathan Hall's insinuating I, I am scared to – bro, you, you, you're talking to the wrong one, my guy. You, you, you're talking to the wrong one. Hey, I, I'll be up there. I will be in Clemson for the Carolina Clemson Baseball Series. Maybe we can link up them. But, uh, again, Carolina Alehouse, a business partner, we're throwing a watch party. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's why I will not be there. So, yeah, it's 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 funny when people just say nonsense on on social media or in comments, and I, it's just it's silly to entertain it as well. So I, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna give it the the time of day. All right, we got a text here. Let's see. <clears throat> Alex says, Chris, looking back at the Vandy game and Arkansas game, we were a very pass heavy team during those games. I think if we come out and play loose and sling the ball around like this past weekend, we'll be good to go. Yeah, I mean, you want to see a similar offensive pack and play with nothing to lose. Let your nuts hang. Um, you know, play. Be be on be on the attack. Here we go. Dylan Potter, what's up, man? How are you? Spencer Rattler will always be Tennessee's daddy. Good old Gamecock. Beat the hell out of Tennessee. Beat the hell out of Tennessee. Man, Tennessee lost it all on Saturday. I mean, they lost the game. They lost their playoff hopes. They lost their quarterback. They lost their damn dignity. And it just goes to show you, I swear, other than redheaded women, college football is the craziest and most unpredictable thing on the face of the earth. And, um... I mean, I really – I hope lightning can strike twice because I'm kicking myself because I wasn't there and had we not shit the bed against Florida, I would have been there because, I mean, South Carolina plays a game like that once every 10 years, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Hopefully lightning can strike twice. And we if we beat that team in the upstate, we are going to redefine the phrase orange crush. But hope it happens. Drop your nuts. Go Cox. Appreciate you, Dylan. Legendary call. Legendary call indeed. I, I appreciate that. that. Was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, Spencer Rattler is him, folks. Spencer Rattler is him. And I and I just I cannot wait for the rival to find that out. 
There's three letters in the word vol. There's also three letters in the name Spencer Rattler. It's spelled H-I-M. Him. Yeah, Spencer Rattler is him. Spencer Rattler's him indeed. Guys, uh, Shane Beamer upcoming at 1.30. Excited to hear what Coach Beamer has to say. Uh, we won't even jump into a break. We'll keep it rolling, guys, next 14 minutes or so until he goes live. So, hey, phone lines are open for you, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Okay, let me get to this. Brendan, drop your nuts merch coming. So, I have been slammed with these towel orders, all of our merch orders. I'm actually working on right now hiring someone to to be our merch guy so we can get these we can get these orders out like these victory t-shirts, right? We can get those out immediately. So, I'm probably not going to I'm probably not going to release any drop your nuts merchandise. I mean, it's already Tuesday the following week. Like if that's something I was going to do, I would have done that like literally Sunday. Get it out there, strike while the iron's hot. But uh, because, I mean, honestly, guys, I, I think the drop your nuts thing is probably something that's going to be like a one-week fad and just kind of done. So, yeah, we're, 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 uh, we're working on adding someone to help us out with merch in regards to getting designs up and, and doing it really, really quickly. So, uh, yeah, but <clears throat> anyways, anyways, yeah, drop your nuts merch. There's drop your nuts merch out there for sure. Yeah, there, there's, there's drop your nuts merch out there. So, if y'all want that, y'all can go load. I Dude, I've been so slammed with uh, – the Beamer Ball stuff, Beamer Rattler, and the towels. Also, guys, really exciting. Our merchandise officially hitting Palmetto Moon. Every single location should be there by end of next week. I want to say thank y'all, man, for the love and support in regards to the merchandise side of the business. Without it, uh, there's no way it'd be possible, right? There's no way something like this, this opportunity would arise. So, again, thank y'all so much, man. I, I, I can't say thank you enough. And, um, Truly a blessing. So Palmetto Moon will be the newest retail location. You can find our merchandise. They will be carrying the Beamer Ball merch. Uh, so you can go check that out again. Every single location they have, we are shipping it out to them. I think it's like 476 shirts total spread across the, what is it? They've got like 12 locations. they got a lot of locations. So um, really excited for that and appreciate Palmetto Moon for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, excited to get the merch in there. Guys, again, we got Shane Beamer upcoming in 12 minutes. I saw Savannah Webster acting. Yes, the pressers today, 12 minutes. Shane Beamer will speak to the media. When you got a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, how could you not be confident about the weekend? That's where my confidence stemmed over the summer. And while we did not see it through 11 games, or excuse me, through 10 games, we've now seen it, right? That Spencer Rattler is indeed him, like I said. So if it comes down to a quarterback battle, I feel confident in South Carolina. Um, I, I feel confident he can get the job done. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, guys. So, again, phone lines open. Want to hear from you all before we get Beamer. I'm, ex- I'm very curious to hear what Beamer's got to say. Also, Spencer Rattler was speaking on his future today and said, quote, my focus right now is getting to the next game or two and we'll go from there. So, we shall see. We shall see. You know, I I, I, I will say this. If, if Spencer Rattler, if Spencer Rattler balls out, beats Clemson, and and he decides to, he decides to make the jump, I will. I will salute him and wish him best of luck. Triggers. Here we go. Michael, what's up, man? How are you? All right. Yeah, I was. Watching the show. I don't know. Is it live or is it? This show is live, yes. Hello? <laughs> Can you hear me, Michael? Okay, it must yeah. be. 
Yeah. Yeah. Must be delayed on it. It, it is. Um, yeah. If you're calling in, it's delayed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, um, what I was going to say is about with Satterfield, about what I think what his thing is, is like he's an astrophysicist teacher and the kids are still trying to learn math. And now that he's got it, you know, coming together, because obviously the offensive line, they sit there, they blocked, they did great this weekend, you know, and maybe he's finally coming around, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, maybe, maybe it'll, you know, maybe, maybe now, maybe that light bulb moment has happened, right? I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know why it would take eleven games for it to finally click, but uh, you know, maybe Saturday was that game. Maybe Saturday was that moment where it finally clicked for these guys on offense. But uh, you know, ob- obviously, something changed, man. So- something changed. I mean, something was simplified. Um, so you know, I, I, I think Marcus Satterfield deserves a lot of credit because he is the OC, right? He is on the offensive staff, yeah. but I'm I'm just not naive enough to think that it was just all here. I mean, there's just no way, dude. There's no way. No. It was just, well, we just did the same things and we executed. There, there's no way. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. No, I don't, I don't think it could have been all him. It had to be some help. And also, on the defense, if you notice the weekend, they, had, they all had the, the wristbands on, mm-hmm. like for the plays. I did notice that, yes. Yeah, did notice that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever you got to do, man, whatever adjustments you got to make to be, you know, efficient, uh, you know, or just improve your football team. I mean, whatever. Yep. All right. Well, I appreciate the call. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Hey, appreciate the call. Thanks so much. All right. Yeah, man. Take care. So, I find myself getting – Uh. I find myself getting tagged in Clemson Tom's Instagram story. Clemson fans are reaching out to Clemson Tom like, man, come out of retirement, bro. Come on, man. You got to go back and forth to the Spurs up, Joe. <laughs> I love, dude, Cle- Clemson sucks, people. It's, it's the best rival to have. Because, I, you know, you would think, I mean, you would really think their winning streak over us they would just exude this supreme confidence. Like, but it is it is so remarkably easy to get under their skin. And it's the little brother syndrome. No matter, Clemson could win the next hundred in a row. But ever since the jump, Clemson's been swinging up. The little brother thing. The, 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 the little brother syndrome is so evident. It's so real, right? The chip on the shoulder thing. Clemson was founded off of a disgruntled chip on the shoulder type of mentality. So never change. I never change Clemson sucks fans because it's, they win every year. They've been winning every year, but every year I'm able to just pick and prod and, and get into the skin. And I tell you what, pray to God, pray to God that the winning streak continues because if South Carolina does on Saturday, what we think they're capable of, my God, Hell hath no scorn on a Clem Sucks fan. Hell hath no wrath like I will bring. You seen that fuck around and find out that 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 that's a good way to describe it. So it's gonna be a fun week this week, and it might be an even more fun week next week. So 
Anyways, appreciate that call. Appreciate you all tuning in. Appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, yeah, dude, the, the, I haven't even entertained the whole like, well, they put they put sand on the field. Uh, you know, they they put sand on the field to slow down the receivers. Like what, bro? It is it is wild the links that college football fans will go to to justify why their team didn't win. Well, you know, they put sand on the field. I'm literally blowing my mic out. I'm 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 I'm, I'm getting so into. It. They put sand. Hunter, what's up, man? I'm good. What about you? I'm doing fantastic, my guy. What's going on? So, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I called before today, um, but I just have another thing to say. So, um, yeah. for or actually, it's a question uh, for Clemson. Um, who do you think they're going to be playing in the bowl game? Like Alabama, or are they set for North Carolina? Or who Clemson will play in their bowl game, my guy? I I have literally no earthly idea. No, I. Uh, yeah, I, don't. I mean, I could look at the latest projections. There's a lot of them out there, I, but I. Uh, let's see. I mean, if you if you really want to know, I've got the projections pulled up here. Who they're projected to play? This isn't a guarantee, obviously. Uh, let's see. They have Clemson making the playoff. Clemson still, unfortunately, has a path to playoff. It's, oh, po- it's possible. Uh, I don't know, bro. I. Mm, yeah, I heard. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I, my answer is I have no idea. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, I know you, you don't want to talk much about Clemson at all, which I don't either. But you know, that would be a good game for Alabama to whip the hell out of. Clemson. So they. Yeah, no, so now I just – so, collegefootballnews.com, they've actually got Clemson taking on Georgia in the uh, in the Peach Bowl in the playoff. So, they actually have Clemson in the oh, playoff. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would, that would be a good-ass game. I'm not going to lie. That, that would be a good-ass game. I, I would love to see Georgia beat the shit out of them. Yeah. No, I mean, well, I, I would love to see um, us beat them and keep them out of the playoff. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, so all right, I know we ain't we're not thinking about rankings at all whatsoever. I know I know that, but say if we hypothetically do beat Clemson this weekend, uh, what will we be ranked at going into the bowl game? Um, I mean, we'll definitely be top twenty-five. I mean, there's no question. We're yeah. we're, we're we're just on the outside right now. So, and Clemson's what a top ten team. So, yeah, if you if you beat them, yeah, I mean you're. Without a doubt, top twenty-five, maybe top twenty. So well, that would be awesome. I mean, that would be I was, awesome. I was wearing my lucky, I was wearing my lucky uh, jacket, Carolina jacket for the, um, the what's called the Tennessee game, and I wasn't wearing it for the Florida and Missouri game, which I wish I would have wore for them because I feel like we would have beat them. But you know, I'm gonna wear it again this weekend and see how it goes. I love that. I love that, my guy. We need all yep. the all the positive mojo we can get. Yeah, no, no doubt. All right, man. I Hunter, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for the call. Great stuff from Hunter. Yeah, no, it would not be great to watch them in the playoff. They would not <laughs> like it's a great game. No, let's let's knock them out. Let's knock them out. I saw somebody comment earlier. Nobody, nobody beats the Gamecocks eight in a row. Nobody does it. 
Nobody does. <laughs> Absolutely not. David Barnes got a change from Garnet White White this week. Dude, no Garnet helmet. None. Nope. Nope. Go black helmet. I'd rather see black white Garnet. Honestly, get as close to get as close to that big game Garnet as you can. Let's see. All right, guys, we're going to jump into... Oh, my bad, guys. I clicked the wrong button. We're going to jump into Shane Beamer's press conference here in just a second. Okay. Okay. Anyways, guys, I pre- hey, I appreciate y'all tuning in. The... The, uh, the numbers this week have been great. I mean, content's just been blowing up and popping. I know we're all obviously excited for this week. And, uh, you know, I, I'll probably start diving into, into the actual game talk for Saturday a lot more tomorrow. Of course, guys, no TDC on Thursday. So just keep that in mind. Podcast as normal this week. Of course, tomorrow we'll talk the gambling side of things between South Carolina and Clemson. But I, I, I will say this. I'll tell you all this. It's tough because that team we saw on Saturday against Tennessee, that's what we expected to see all year offensively. So if that team shows up, I feel very similarly to how I felt about this game over the summer, that Clemson's mortal. There's nothing to be scared of. Like Clemson to me is a very beatable football team. They've got really good players now. Their D-line's elite. Their linebackers are elite. Will Shipley's a great player. DJU has his moments, but they're mortal. They're more. I mean, this is a gettable game. I list this as a toss-up game in the preseason for a reason. I mean, Clemson, sure. What are they? Uh, ten and one or whatever. They're ten and one. They look like dog shit all year. So, all right, let's dive in the presser, guys. We'll talk after. All right, appreciate everybody uh, coming out. Uh, fantastic week. It's probably my other than opening weekend, my favorite week of the year uh, in college football rivalry rivalry week. Uh, it's one of the many things that makes this sport special. So I uh, love everything about this weekend that we have uh, coming up. You know, before we go forward, certainly just want to uh, thank our fans again for not just the amazing environment, atmosphere Saturday night, uh, but what they created all season as well to sell out every single uh, Saturday home game. I watch a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot because I'm busy, but when I'm able to, I watch as much college football as I can. And I see a lot of empty seats in stadiums. Uh, I see a lot of teams that do a pregame walk um, that have very few people at it. And every single game, that Gamecock walk that we did was unreal. Uh, every single game, the atmosphere out there in that stadium was awesome. And certainly just want <clears throat> Gamecock Nation to know that we don't, take them for granted because I realize it's not like this everywhere. And what we have here is very, very special. And Saturday night was very, very special. I was able to watch the TV copy uh, after the game, of the game. And and uh, it was a three-hour, I shouldn't say three-hour, college football games are way too long now, but four-hour just infomercial on all things Gamecock athletics, Gamecock football, Columbia, Williams-Brice, University of South Carolina, the state of South Carolina. So that was a uh, awesome showing 
Saturday night by our fans. Also, just want to, uh, you know, uh, send my thoughts to Hendon Hooker. Hate to hear about his injury. What a fantastic young man, fantastic player he is. Got a chance to visit with him before the game a little bit and uh, certainly pulling for him and know he'll be back uh, uh, better and, and stronger than ever and his best football is still in front of him. Also, uh, injury-wise, we're in good shape. Marshawn and CBS both uh, were out there at practice today. Hopefully, when we come in tomorrow morning, they will have responded well to what they did in practice today and, and feel feel good. That was part of the issue a couple of weeks ago was Marshawn practice and just didn't respond the way we wanted him to or he wanted to uh, the next day. And uh, so we're optimistic that he'll feel great tomorrow morning. But when we came in on Sunday, he told me he was playing this week. He and CBS both did. So hopefully they'll continue to uh, trend down in the right direction because I know they both want to play and uh, we're going to need them. It's a fantastic uh, team that we're playing on Saturday that you could argue they're playing their best football uh, down the stretch. I think if you look at them year after year, they just continue to get better as the season goes. Uh, Another 10-win season for them another opportunity to win an ACC championship and uh, that's not easy to do I mean I know everybody just thinks you're supposed to just roll the balls out and you're supposed to win every Saturday uh, when they get everyone's best shot every single week uh, in that league because of what they've done and to be sitting there with 10 wins again is uh, is remarkable and an opportunity to win another conference championship they're extremely talented as you know they're extremely well coached as you know, offensively, they're playing really good football here, uh, especially last week. You could argue it was their best game. They're protecting the football. They ran the quarterback a little bit more last week. Shipley at running backs, a, a heck of a player. They got dynamic receivers, veteran offensive line. Defensively, their front seven is probably the best we faced all season. I um, mean, their group of defensive line and linebackers, every single one of them will play in the NFL. So they're really, really good up front as well. And then they got weapons uh, on special teams also in the return game. You know, Shipley's back there returning kickoffs and, and is a threat back there also. So we've got to have a great week of uh, preparation from our standpoint to give ourselves an opportunity to go play uh, even better than what we did last Saturday. And our guys are excited about the challenge, excited about the opportunity. It's a great rivalry. I've uh, been blessed to be a part of some of the iconic rivalries in college football during my coaching career. And this one's right there at the top. And, and uh, excited for the 2022 um, uh, chapter of that rivalry and looking forward to getting up there on Saturday. You know, it's a normal week for us. We practice in the mornings anyway, so we really don't have to get much out of our routine from a Thanksgiving standpoint. We practice today, we'll practice tomorrow, we'll practice Thursday morning. Usually on Thursdays we're done at 1130 uh, and off the field and it'll be no different any, this week. So luckily we don't have to change our routine. It's the same routine. and. And then usually on Thursdays after practice, we don't see the guys again until Friday morning because we don't have anything with them in the afternoon. And this will be the same case. So they'll be able to, if they live close by, be able to get away and and uh, go eat with their families. If not, they're all, some of them are coming to, over to coaches' homes and things like that. And then we'll be back over uh, on Friday morning to start our normal uh, game weekend routine. So questions? David's back. Welcome back, Dave. Appreciate it. You got it, man. Shane, uh, you know, not out, outside of coaching in it for four years, growing up in this day, being from Charleston, what are your first memories of the USC Clemson rivalry? Any plays or games that stand out to you? No, I certainly always watched it before I even came back to South Carolina um, to coach just from, uh, you know, having ties in this state and, and following 
uh, uh, South Carolina and Clemson both growing up. And, and then you, you get into it when you come here as an assistant coach and you realize, you know, how heated and passionate this rivalry is. I had some great moments uh, when I was here as an assistant coach, had some not great moments as an assistant coach. Certainly had a not so great moment in my first one as a head coach, you know, last year as well. But, you know, the thing that stands out is just the passion. Uh, 365 days uh, a year, Spencer and I were talking about um, this rivalry compared to like OU Texas and Bedlam and things like that. So I was trying to give him a, uh, a little bit of a synopsis of, of this one as well. And there's been some great players, great coaches, great teams. And, and this is um, right up there at the top of all the ones that I've been a part of. Uh, yeah, Coach, obviously Saturday was an explosive game just offensively. Um, some of the players went here a second ago talking about, I guess, moving on to Clemson Week. Just what are some ways, um, from your perspective, like what are some practical ways that you, I guess, you know, tune out the noise from a 63-point outing and move that into, I guess, another week against a, you know, top whatever team? Yeah, quit talking about it, honestly. I mean... I love Justin King and what they do, but I told him no more, no more Tennessee videos. Like you're amazing and brilliant at what you do, but I told him after the game on Saturday night, get it all out Sunday, Monday, because once the players come back in here on Tuesday, it's full speed ahead on on the next opponent. And and um, with the players, told him after practice today, you know they went to class on Monday and everybody was patting them on the back. Well, the Tuesday classes are different, you know, so they're seeing those classmates for the first time since Saturday. So everybody will be patting them on the back and told them the same thing politely. Thank them, but we're moving on. And um, we didn't do a great job of that last year, honestly. You know, we had an unbelievable home win against Auburn uh, in 2021 and got bowl eligible. Played these guys seven, day, seven days later and obviously were not ready to perform like we needed to perform, and that's on me. And, um, you know, our guys are excited. Our guys certainly are, are, are very confident, but we know, and I told them today, like, the reason there's a lot of reasons we played as well as we did last Saturday, but it started with our preparation during the week. So for us to have a chance to perform well on Saturday uh, up there, we're going to have to prepare well during the week also. You know, and it's easier said than done because I've told you guys before, I get we get four hours a day with them in here and they're out there the other 20 hours hearing how great they are as well. And, and certainly we want to build on what we did last week, but it's just moving on and, and – what we did last Saturday becomes even more special and even bigger if we were fortunate enough to to win on Saturday. You know, then we can talk back and we can Justin can tweet out all kinds of videos from Saturday night and hopefully this Saturday as well. Just we're on probation right now. No more Tennessee tweeting. Shane, I know you're a keen observer of college football. Um, do you see any similarities between Spencer and DJ Uyunglele in terms of hype, uh, adversity, and then bouncing back? Absolutely. Um, two guys that were uh, very highly recruited, and rightfully so, coming out of high school. That kind of goes back, Gene, to what I've said before, when you're the when you're the head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback, like when things don't go well, you get the brunt of the criticism. And I think we all know when you sign up to be in those positions, that's part of it. But people criticize DJ and all he's done is won 10 games. And I guess they had a bad night at Notre Dame, but if I'm not mistaken, they're averaging like 30 plus points a game. And they're one of the top 
30 score or top 25 scoring offenses in the country right now, I think, you know, so I'm sure he would tell you there's things that he can do better as well, but he's a God. I don't know him, but just watching him on television and seeing interviews, he stays, you know, very poised, doesn't get too high or too low. That is Spencer. He's got great confidence in his ability. That is Spencer. And um, they're both coming off really, uh, really good games, you know. So Spencer's been fantastic. He was fantastic on the field Saturday night, but Spencer's been fantastic off the field since the day he got here. And uh, I would imagine it's the same for for uh, DJ and, and the way that he is in their program also. Shane, you mentioned being aggressive on fourth downs after the game. I think you're on pace for your second best fourth down efficiency over the last nine years. Really? And, yeah. What do we have to do to like be the? Well, come on, Colin. Ooh, I got the spreadsheet right here. All right. So what's what's our percentage got to be? Uh, you got to increase it by three percent. Okay. All right. Goals. Goals. Yeah. All right. Um, I I guess when when you decide whether or not to do that, what goes into making the decision to go for it on fourth down? Is it gut feel? Is it game plan? And and is that something that might carry over to the Clemson game this week? Yeah, it's uh, it's probably more it's game plan and and gut feel. Like analytics have become so big in college football. Now you watch you watch a lot of college football games. There's a in a lot of those games you'll see a guy standing next to the head coach with a literally a binder, and he's walking down the sideline with it. He honestly saying the book says to go for it. You know, the book says to punt. The book says to kick the field goal. The book says if you can get two yards here and it's fourth and four or less, go for it. And I'll certainly look at that. I mean, we subscribe to a analytics and I read a lot of their write-ups during the week and things like that, just trying to – I love information. So I'm not knocking it. But for me, we don't go by the book necessarily, but it, it's more uh, opponent, game plan, gut feel, to be honest with you. Um you know, we I told the team on Friday night last week, like we're not punt, we're not going to punt five times on. I think I told you guys in the post game press conference, like we're not going to punt a lot on fourth and manageable tomorrow night. That was strategically something I felt we needed to do to keep their. You're not going to beat Tennessee punting to them six times. You just they're going to your defense is going to be out there too many plays. So we went for a what fourth and one in minus territory early in the game. That was one of those kind of decided before the game. Like, I'm not punting the ball on fourth and one tomorrow night. And um, our dirt, we decided that during the week. We went for – we had a fourth and one and kind of down there in plus territory. We had a false start or a legal snap. We got bumped back. We had a fourth and six. We have went for it. That's the ball that he threw to Juice. Just another one. Field goals aren't going to beat Tennessee. We need to score touchdowns. And if we got it in a manageable situation – Let's go for it. But a lot of that, too, is on third down telling Sat, hey, I'm thinking about unless we lose yardage here, we're going to go for it on fourth down. So he knows to make, you know, by his his call. And then a lot of it, honestly, is just kind of gut feel how the game's going. I think every game is is uh, is different as well. But we always want to be aggressive and and attack. You know, I mean, I got criticized last year in 2021 against Kentucky for not kicking field goals and going for fourth downs and that didn't work out. So it's one of those, if it, it works out great. If it doesn't, um, you're criticized, but Tennessee game specifically, Colin, it was more just, I thought the risk of going forward on fourth down outweighed the, um, negative of not getting it. So sorry for the long drawn out answer, but long moral of the story, gut feel game plan. All right, probably could have said that five minutes ago and been on to the next one.
I know you want to stop talking about it, but what have the last couple of days looked like for you? Like what, you know, was it like having your dad and your mom there on, on Saturday night? And, you know, have you been, you know, getting bought drinks everywhere you go in the community? Like what, what has the, the response been like the last few days? Uh, the response has been fantastic. Um, I'm not out in the community, unfortunately, during the season. I, I left late Saturday night, drove home, woke up. Early Sunday morning, drove to the office, left late Sunday night, drove home, came in Monday morning early, spent all day, drove home tonight. I will leave here and go to Backstreet's Grill tonight for Carolina Calls, but then I'll hop in the car and I'll drive right back over here at 6.30 to come back to work. So I wish I've been out in the community, but my wife told me she got a standing ovation at Pilates yesterday when she went to uh, went to Pilates. I thought that was pretty cool, you know, that they uh, recognized her when she came in. My kids certainly had a great day at school on Monday, better than what they had probably last Monday. So it's been fantastic as well. So you're happy for, you know, the people on the outside. And then just for me, um, I know how important uh, Saturday night was to so many people, without a doubt, and uh, they deserve it, that celebration and and it's been pretty cool. I mean, it took me two days, I feel like, to get through all the text messages that I had from people um, congratulating me, but especially the ones that were lifelong Gamecock fans that talked about how much Saturday night meant to them for so many reasons. That was uh, you know, pretty cool and very rewarding, but it's also one of those, you know, you got to put the phone down and you got to get to work on Clemson pretty quickly as well because it's week to week in um, in this profession as well you know and um, last Saturday was really good but this Saturday is a, a new week also but very special and very rewarding for sure. Shane this is kind of a related but at the opposite end of the spectrum following your first Carolina Clemson game as head coach is there an interaction with a fan Carolina Clemson fan um, in person a social media that stands out to you and one that captures the essence of what this rivalry is all about? Like my interactions with them since the game? It could be like in the days or the weeks after that game. No, not really. I mean, we immediately went out on the road recruiting, so we lost that game on Saturday last year and and – on Monday, I was in some high schools in Charleston, South Carolina, and certainly the people that work in the front office that wear orange were excited to see me, but for the wrong reasons for me as well. I mean, they were very, they were very uh, certainly excited, you know, about that. And then my point being, Rick, like you go into high schools and it, there's a bunch of Carolina people in there. There's a bunch of Clemson people in there. And to be able to, I went into a high school in Charleston that Monday morning and, and spent the day down there. And you realize when you go in that high school, you got a lot of people that are sky high after what just happened on Saturday. And you got a lot of people that aren't sky high. So you really, uh, it's in, it opens up your eyes, how impactful this game is to so many people and what it means. So that really uh, resonated with me. And then you know, probably just uh, when you go to the Gamecock Club events and things like that during the springtime and summertime, uh, you you are reminded how important this game is uh, to so many people also. Hey, Shane, sorry to ask you about Saturday night again. I'll be a part of the problem here. But, We're good. <laughs> um, you know, when obviously Carolina fans are ecstatic about Saturday, but they're also like, what in the heck happened? I mean, this was so different than some yeah. of the offenses that we've seen this season. Can you 
after watching the the tape from Saturday, what were some of the biggest differences between Saturday and some of the games that you guys struggled? I know it's simple, but it's we just we played really well. I mean, it wasn't like we just reinvented the offense and and changed things. I mean, we certainly tweaked things. I would say that uh, schematically, like the calls that we went into the game with, not just on offense but defense also, was probably the smallest that it's been. Um, and it wasn't like that much smaller. It wasn't like we went from saying, okay, we're going to have a game plan against Florida that's got 80 plays in it on offense and we're only going to have 30 against Tennessee. It wasn't that. I mean, it was just really narrowing down what we were doing, um, really uh, you know, making ourselves – the less you do, the more looks you can rep it against in practice and things like that. So I think that was critical. And I think our just guys just – Spencer played really, 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 really well and made some just big-time throws. But it wasn't like a lot of just new plays. I mean, the last touchdown to Jalen Brooks was literally the exact same play that we got criticized on for calling against George on fourth down uh, after the incident down there in the end zone. The exact same play. Exact same. Against Georgia, we throw it a little bit behind Jalen Brooks on fourth down, and it's uh, it's a PBU, and it's the dumbest call that anybody could make on a fourth down. We call it against Tennessee. Spencer puts it right on the money. Jalen outruns them, and he goes and scores a touchdown. You know, so it was just we, we. When I come in here on Tuesdays, and I after a bad performance, and I talk about we were close, and it wasn't maybe as bad as it looked, and we know what to correct. I'm not just giving you guys like coach speak. That's really true. And we, Spencer was really, really accurate, and our guys played with confidence. The offensive line played great and allowed Spencer to get comfortable, you know, back there as well. And we continued, we fed off the energy of the crowd. But a lot of the plays that we ran were, I mean, we did some different things with DK and stuff like that. But um, I mean, the, the the third down, the first third down, the Kenyon that he caught over there on the sideline, we called the exact same play on the fourth down that Juice caught, and. Third down before, he throws it to Kenyon. The fourth down, he throws it to Juice, you know. And so it wasn't like we were just doing a bunch of new stuff. I mean, it's stuff that we did. We just – we executed better on Saturday night. And uh, we'll have to do that again on Saturday too. Shane, I know there's – you could, I guess, potentially have Spencer for two more years with his eligibility and all. But when you look at a guy like Spencer, when NFL teams ask about him, what what is a team getting in its Spencer Rattler as a quarterback? Uh, they're getting a fantastic – human being first of all uh they're getting a great teammate they would be getting a guy that works really really hard and uh during the week to be to be his very best on saturday um a guy that understands okay maybe i don't understand this quite as well or maybe i don't do this as well as i want to and works really really hard to improve on those things and then they're they would be getting a guy with just unbelievable talent i mean he made some was, I don't even know what the word is, amazing throws on Saturday night. He really did. That uh, You go back and watch the tape, and you're even more amazed by it. So he's got great talent, and uh, those NFL teams you know, see that. And um, you know, certainly, I don't know when it'll be, but when he chooses to go on to the next level, he'll, uh, he's got a great, uh, great football future in front of him. Shane, a couple of quick ones. Uh, you told us last year your son was a big Dabo fan. <laughs> Didn't know whether another year had kind of lessened his, uh, you know, fandom there being ingrained in this 
rivalry thing. And two, just Clemson hasn't allowed a lot of rushing yards. Notre Dame gained some yards on them. But how essential is it going to be to make sure that you guys get some push on the ground against that front four to kind of loosen things up? Yeah. Um, I think there's still a good – healthy respect for Dabo but after he does my son doesn't like to lose so he liked Dabo a lot better before we got beat last year as well um and Dabo was very very good to him after the game uh, or before the game Dabo you know asks about him when when we talk or when I see him so there's certainly a respect level but uh, my son's probably the other than my youngest daughter probably the most competitive person in that household so he's uh he's He's um, he's excited for Saturday. You know, Brandon Streeter and I have known each other since high school, and Brandon was actually in Columbia recruiting in May and actually came by the house for about 30 minutes in the springtime just to say hello, and Hunter wanted nothing to do with him. So I think he's he relies pretty quick what this rivalry is about. So there's a healthy respect, but the, the love fest, I think, is, is, uh, isn't what it was. Uh, and then our run game against their defense, huge. I mean, all the things that – that um, you know, we talked about last week with Spencer. Well, Clemson's not going to let – they're going to do their best to not let Spencer have time and get comfortable back there. And with their defensive line and the athleticism they have at linebacker, they're really, really good. And I use the word disruptive about Tennessee's defense, and they are, but these guys are like a different level. So we've got to do a great job of being able to help Spencer – and the number one way to do that is to be able to find the way to run some run the ball, you know, some as well. But it's easier said than done, you know, against them because they're really, really talented and and uh, and really well coached. Coach, when looking at Clemson's offense, it seems like that a big part of their game plan is finding ways to get Will Shipley the football. What is going to be the biggest challenge in trying to slow him down on Saturday afternoon? He's a great player. He's fast. He's instinctive. He's tough. Uh, he's got great vision. He runs really, really, really hard downhill. Um, I mean, he they hand him the ball, and there's no dancing around. I mean, he is downhill. So we've got to do a great job of stopping the run. It takes all 11. It's not just your defensive line and your linebacker. It takes everybody on defense to be able to do that. And then you're right. I mean, they want to get the ball to him in a lot of different ways, whether it be, you know, so, uh, swing screens or handing the ball off or or whatever it might be. So we got to be one aware of of where he is at all times in the run game and pass game, but certainly it starts with with stopping the run, but then they've got weapons outside of of uh, will as well that that they can get to also that we've got to, you know, be cognizant of. Do you have any favorite memories of coaching in Death Valley when you were here for your first stint and then what kind of characteristics does this team need to have to play well in that environment? Favorite memory. So I was here seven, eight, nine, and ten. Eight was not a good one because that was the game we lost when Dabo got the job after the game. So happy for him, but that wasn't a good day for us. Uh, certainly, 2010, uh, we went up there and that was uh, Antonio Allen returned an interception for a touchdown. Uh, we brought like our edge pressure, and I think he peeled with the back and intercepted it, took it back for a touchdown, made some plays on special teams, and and that was pretty. That was a really cool night because we had already clinched. We knew we were going to play in the SEC championship the next week. And you still, even though you're going to Atlanta, you still want to beat your rival. So to be able to go up there that night and beat them in, in you know, pretty good fashion was uh, definitely a really, really good memory up there that night. 
uh, for sure. And what was the second part? This, oh, characteristics. Um, to me, it's, it's, it's mental toughness uh, for sure. I mean, I know it's going to be a rocking environment on there or in there on Saturday afternoon, and we're going to have to handle it better than, than you know, what we did last time on the road. Gene asked me that question Saturday night, and he's right. I mean, we laid an egg uh, two weeks ago down in Gainesville, and, and, and we can't be that team Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a great environment, senior day for them. I mean, rivalry games are emotional already. You've got two good teams going at it. They're trying to keep their playoff, playoff hopes alive. We're trying to get our eighth win. Uh, so there's a lot that both teams are, are playing for, and we've got to do a great job of being just mentally tough and making sure that we understand that, you know, talking during the week and – and um, wanting it really, really bad and all that isn't going to get it done, like preparing the right way during the week and then just going and playing well on, um, on, on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon will, uh, will be huge. How similar are uh, DJU and, and KJ Jefferson um, from earlier this season and what kind of lessons can you all take from that game, if any, since it's been so long? Yeah, I, I think very, uh, very similar. I mean, certainly if you're Clemson with the with uh, DJ's size at the quarterback position and his ability to run it and throw it. I mean, they ran him a bunch last week against Miami, so they want to run the quarterback, and then he's got arm talent as well. I mean, they'd be crazy to not study everything that Florida did to us two weeks ago, and they'd be crazy to not watch what Arkansas and KJ Jefferson did as well. And we've got to play a lot better. I mean, we did not perform well enough at all in, um, in those games. And we, we have to be better. We know that. Um, and there's a lot of similarities. Big athletic quarterbacks that uh, can hurt you with their feet, but then also hurt you with their arm. Spencer was in here earlier, and he kind of we said that they were thinking they could do better on offense, and he kind of joked that he just said that. But as a coach, when you score on nine out of ten drives, what do you look for kind of looking back, trying to actually find a way to improve on that? How do you even go about it? Yeah, I mean, you dissect every single play, and on every single play there's something somebody could be, be better at. And, you know, I go back to probably just technique and, and fundamentals, you know, um, being an old tight ends coach, uh, you know, we – we on the third, the fourth and one that we handed the ball to um, Jaheim earlier and early in the game. You know, I see a, a, uh, we don't take great footwork at the tight end position and we get beat inside a little bit and Jaheim just kind of was strong enough to run through the guy. Well, if we do that this week, um, Murphy and, and KJ Henry are going to hit us in the backfield, you know, on that. So just being able to just dive in, it's nothing probably glaring when you play as well as we did. But to me, it's more just the, the technique and the fundamental part of it um, as well. Not having, you know, we had too many penalties. We did, and we had some pre-snap penalties for a couple illegal snaps that whatever happened there. We can't have that Saturday. Obviously, it's going to be really loud Saturday, so we've got to be more efficient. And we've had way too – we've been – we went from being through – what is we played 11 games through nine games. I think we were like the fifth least penalized team in the SEC. And just in the last two games alone, we went from like fifth to – near the bottom and that's not like us. We've got a we're a disciplined football team. We need to 
cleanup penalties and a lot of those were offensive things as well and and uh just getting back to playing smart football technique fundamentals uh typically early december is heavy on recruiting and you guys going out on the road but i guess now you have the transfer portal mm -hmm. window opening how how you guys try to balance you know doing the, the typical recruiting stuff and maybe having to recruit a little bit with your own team and, and monitor who's coming into the portal and all yeah that. it's um it'll certainly this is years unlike any other one because of the the portal window opening up i mean it's already opened up for fcs schools so you see guys from some of the the fcs schools that are that are uh, in the in the portal now because their window open uh, ours opens up next week as well and um and that adds a different element to it as well. Not to mention the recruiting calendar is a little bit different this year as well. You know, normally we would play this game on Saturday. And if I wanted to be in someone's home on a recruiting visit Sunday morning, I could be. Well, the calendar is different this year. We can't go out on the road until a week from Friday, you know. So we'll play the game Saturday and then we'll be here in the office Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with our own team. Uh, having you know conversations and and getting ready for what's next and things like that, which is a little bit different, also, you know. So kind of planning wise, how we want to set stuff up and what we'll be doing during that time, and then hitting the road recruiting for really an extra week this year as well, or a later week, I should say. You know, you're going out basically a week later, but you get off the road a week later. Uh, you know, so really it kind of affects your looking long term. It affects your bowl game prep. A little bit as well, you know, because we're on the road one uh, late one week later in December than what we were last year. So, you know, getting ready for a bowl game along with recruiting is a little bit different as well. So we've got to be very organized. We've talked about that with our recruiting department and staff. We got to do a great job of that, being very organized because it is different uh, this year than than any other year previously for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Coach, Clemson has 10 fumbles and 12 turnovers overall in their last three games. Is that something in game planning with the defense that factors in, maybe it makes you pin your ears back a little bit more, be more aggressive, knowing that they might be vulnerable to those turnovers? Yeah, it's something that we look at every week. Um, they would say the same thing about us, looking at us, because we've turned it over way too many times, and we didn't the other night, and, and that was huge. And that's one of the things I, I said I wasn't going to talk about last week, but that was one of the things that we're proud about is, you know, it wasn't like a turnover fest, and we just feasted on turnovers. Tennessee had the one, but other than that, nobody turned the ball over, us included, and we just we lined up and beat them. And that's something that we can build on. We spent a lot of time on turnovers and emphasizing creating them, but also preventing them as well with our ball security. But it'll be critical this Saturday as well. But certainly when we see a team that, you know, has turned the ball over or maybe it's something you always look at on tape. Hey, this guy carries the ball really, really loose. Or this guy's put the ball on the ground a lot this year. Let's really be even more aggressive about attacking that thing when we tackle him. And it's things that we talk about in practice all the time. So, yeah, it's, it's something that is always a – always an emphasis you know for us but something that we know is going to be um really 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 critical uh this saturday because i know clemson's really really good when they win the turnover margin uh, historically and i know we've been really 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 good when we win the turnover margin since i've been here as well so we need to do that saturday we didn't do it last year against them that's for sure Thank you, all right see y'all at carolina calls tonight at backstreet's grill right liz all right six o'clock Thank y'all.
Okay, that's going to do it for Shane Beamer. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. We have hit 2 o'clock. Great stuff uh, from Coach Beamer. Pretty much par for the course in regards to a weekly press conference. Full podcast dropping tomorrow. I'll give you my full Tuesday presser takeaways, uh, as well as best bet and SEC gambling picks for the game this weekend. And, of course, TDC will rock tomorrow, guys. No Daily Crow on Thursday. So, tomorrow, I will actually go on Inside the Gamecocks from uh, – what, 11.30 to just before our show. And then J.C. Sherbert will join us in hour number two. So we'll have Anthony Treach in hour one, J.C. Sherbert in hour two. So going to be a jam-packed show tomorrow and looking forward to chatting with you all once again. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Hey, y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.